Podcast for the working cowboy. Well, welcome back, Daylight Burners. We uh, we're sitting down here on a Sunday evening. Um, if anybody's listening there on the the Patreon feed, uh, welcome, welcome to you, Benji Smith out of out of Utah. What 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 is uh, I guess your your address uh, town? You would. Well, the, the address town would be Tremonton, but I'm out in a little sublet of that called Thatcher. Okay. Okay. And that's that's kind of like right in the heart of Mormondom, isn't it? <laughs> yes, sir. Like, because uh, like Salt Lake City, I know, is kind of like, that's like the like the public face of Mormondom. But like Provo is like the really, isn't that like, like really where, where, uh, like the Mormon, like the, the, the faithful are there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I actually grew up down in that country. Okay. That's are you I Mormon? Was, that's where I was born and raised. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm what you call Jack Mormon. Okay. So, so you're, you're, so uh, that, means, that means I'm still a, I'm still a member of it, but I got a couple of vices. They don't necessarily agree with, but. Okay. Well, you know, to each their own. And, uh, I don't know. There's uh I always liked that uh on the Corb Lund song, the you know, family reunion, you know, you got the Mormons and the drinkers and the Mormons that drink. And uh and I uh it's funny how the Mormons really have like taken that you're it's almost like the like Jew uh the Jewish population, you know, you have like the the Hasidic Jews, which I'd assume would be like your uh fundamentalist Mormons. And then, you know, and then you've got like varying levels, but then you have the people that are Mormon, like not even practicing, but they're just like in that, in the bloodline. That's kind of how the, the the Jews are. They've kept themselves like not only a religion, but like a race at this point. And I wonder like, is there going to be like a Mormon race at, at some point? <laughs> well, if they keep multiplying and replenishing like they have been, I'm sure there will be. I mean, they do a good job at uh, at repopulating. <laughs> they they oh, are very fertile. <laughs> you ain't a shitting. It's breeding country oh. here in Utah. I know. If uh, if only uh, like if only horses were were easy as easy to raise as it is for Mormons to raise babies. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it'd be, you know, <clears throat> it'd be it'd be easy to get rich on on horses, but. Um, well, I think so, the only I think the only difference there is that uh, they horses they don't show as much heat as Mormon Mormon women do. <laughs> they, uh, I, I've never uh, I've never fooled around with any of any of the Mormon stock, but I've I've heard I've heard tell, um, and uh, it's one of the one of the reasons uh, 
South Park guys have uh, have such a soft spot for for picking on Mormons because uh, I think it was Trey Parker said like the first the first girl he ever fucked was a Mormon girl and so he's kind of he's just got a like a soft spot for Mormons even though he thinks they're kind of ridiculous he's he's still kind of got a soft spot for him you know and I it's uh it's a fascinating fascinating story the the Mormons that I I don't think gets enough attention just for the sheer like just how crazy the the whole story behind it is is just uh oh, yeah. like whether you believe the religion or not just like the it's fascinating how how this little group of people just had, had they settled utah and uh and now they're like they're one of the the fastest growing religions in the freaking world and it's um yeah like they bought you that you can't say they're not gritty yeah that they, they, they bought they just bought that easter day operation up in in Washington, which was a big, a big outfit. And, uh, but it was, it was only the Mormon church and Bill Gates that were bidding on it because they were the only ones that had the money and the Mormons won out. And I got to say, if I, if I, it's between Bill Gates and the Mormon church for all my, my disagreements with the Mormons, I'll take them 10 out of 10 times <laughs> over Bill Gates, you know, they, uh, Oh Yeah. They they ain't gonna go uh, into some like fake meat bullshit uh, <laughs> like Bill Gates is. So no, they're they're gonna put that that land to to work. You know they're they're gonna use it oh, yeah. as God as God intended. So I uh, like I said they and and like I said, regardless of their of how you feel feel about their religion, they do have a set of principles and morals that that they they go by. Or at least they claim to go by, you know. Whereas, who the fuck knows what Bill Gates, uh, you know, moral compass is? What what his uh, like guiding light is? And I, I don't know. So I, like I said, there, I'll take my chances with the with the Mormon Church over over Bill Gates, ten out of ten times. Yeah, see, I like I say, I'm a part of that church, and I would too, hundred and ten percent. I've met I've met plenty plenty of Mormons to know that like, yeah, that that. I can look past the the differences in and how we view religion, but like as just good people, like just about all the Mormons I've met are, are really good, decent people, and that that's about what you need in my book. Is just good, decent people. I don't really care what the religion. Hundred percent, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we uh we we were gonna talk about horses and shit, but uh, this is how the bull sessions always go. You know, when when you get to meet somebody, you kind of gotta. You got to figure out where everybody's coming from, and and that takes you down, who knows what path. But uh, that's that's what I love about good conversations. So, um, so I take it you probably just grew up ranching, just doing uh doing a, what a good Mormon boy does in in uh you know up in northern Utah. Yeah, you know I yeah, I didn't grow up on a ranch per se, but I grew up working cows plenty. You know, my mm-hmm. dad he was a he grew up on a ranch, you know, as a kid. And then, you know, when I was born, we'd go help friends and neighbors and mm. stuff like that with their cattle. And, and in fact, one of the, uh, one of the guys we'd help the most actually was my dad's missionary companion from the sixties, uh, mm. that he went on a mission with to New Zealand. And, and he's continued to be a friend throughout the years. In fact, I, I had a phone call with him today about how his cattle are and everything mm. like that, you know? And, and, and so that's kind of where my background started and, and uh we always had horses we always went on pack trips and there was always lots of riding to do but uh, yeah 
but yeah, I didn't really start making a living at this till I was about 13. Okay. Okay. That's kind of how I, like we had a ranch and it would, I don't know. It was, we had a, a half section that we lived on and we had, you know, my dad had a, another half section down, uh, down on the simmer on. And then we had, uh, you know, in Kansas, it was mostly farm ground, but they had a, between him and his brothers, they had some, <clears throat> they had some pasture ground, but I can't remember my dad ever running more than, you know, hundred, 150 head of cows. He he always had a few, <clears throat> but he mostly just kind of day worked. Uh, <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, like, I, I grew up ranching kinda, you know, but it was, it was pretty small time. And, and most of my, my ranch, you know, my cowboy and just was, was helping, helping neighbors and whatnot. And, uh, and then I, you know, and they had bigger outfits than we did. And then, yeah, then once you get, you get west of the Rockies and then shit opens, opens up a little bit or, uh, or I guess you get, you get north of Colorado or, or west of the Rockies and it just, yeah, shit gets big. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like there's still some places down in Texas that are pretty big, but I mean, you, you about, and, and, you know, and then New Mexico as well. But once again, you know, you're in the, that Rockies area. But like that, the Rockies really is kind of the dividing line between like big ranches for the for the most part or like big country anyways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, it, it's amazing when you get out, you know, you get out to Nevada or even out here and, you know, ranches to the east of us, you know, a big ranches, 250 to 400 head. You get out here, yeah. you're talking thousands. You know, you're talking mm-hmm. thousands on a medi- a mediocre sized ranch out there. Yeah, yeah, you know? and and hundreds so, of thousands of acres, and it's uh, it, it's just it gets big. You know, it just you know it, it's for whatever reason, like the the people that the people that were the first ones there outside of the you know the the Indians. Um, it was the Mormons and then just ranchers of, of some sort. Like it was always, it was taking beef to the, to the forts or whatever, or, or building Zion. And it was, uh, and those were tough, tough people that, that lived out there. And then, it, but it's tough country. That's a, like, it's, it's easy to, uh, to have a farm, you know, East of the, the Mississippi, if you know, if the government doesn't get in your way, but like to just, to to put in a homestead like they've got so much water that they you know it's it, the water becomes a problem because there's too much of it and uh and you know you get in in like indiana and and ohio and iowa and that corn belt there and it's like shit that, that it's so easy to grow crops there uh compared to to out, out west so, so you just gotta like the but the the native grass is really good and so it's it's good grazing country and uh, but boy it's tough to live out there oh yeah i i'll tell you what it's amazing what you know the difference between a real wet year and a real bad drought year here Mm -hmm. it's nowhere as close to like it is back east you know back east a real a really wet year and a drought year still a pretty wet year out here it's it's amazing i mean i i couldn't believe it but i found out um, the guys that I primarily help work cattle right now, uh, they summer up to Soda Springs, Idaho, which is about okay. an hour and a half drive where I live. And, uh, and they're, they're, uh, 
you know, home base ranch is just right down the road from me, you know, a couple miles. Mm. Okay. And I was up there with the uh, grandpa and, uh, and he says, Oh, look at all that water, you know, and in soda Springs, he says, it's amazing to think that all that water is going to make it down to our place. And I says, what yeah. the hell are you talking about? And he says, you didn't know this is where, this is the same water we irrigate with. And I says, you're shitting me an hour and a half drop. And that's the same water they're irrigating with just right down the road. Jeez. That's crazy. That's a long days. That is a lot of, of miles that that Creek and that river and then the mm-hmm. canal. Run yeah. Through. I mean, that's, that's insane. that just tells yeah. you, I mean, we ain't water here where I live. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you know, when we're, we're, uh, you know, this little valley we're in when, you know, when the snowpack's good and the, and the river's uh, running, you know, that you get some really good uh, irrigated ground. And then, you know, the next valley over there, they're growing, uh, you know, onions and, and garlic and stuff. But, um, yeah, that's all it's all from from the river. I, I don't know how much uh, how much the they they have uh, they pump groundwater over there <laughs> in, in Mason Valley, but. Um, as far as rainfall goes or like precipitation, we're, we're like somewhere in between seven and 10 inches a year on a, for average. And, um, yeah. So when, when you're not getting even the seven inches a year, like that, that, the, you know, you get two years in a row of, of getting three inches, maybe like that's pretty tough. (laughs) You know, that's a real tough. I I know. Just ask my wife going on eight years with just three inches. Mm-hmm. but you know three <laughs> inches makes a hell of a dent going 90 mile an hour well i'll tell you what <laughs> dick jokes what we're here if there were fellas that's what we're here for uh mormons and dick jokes that's that's uh that's what the basis of this podcast <laughs> oh shit um yeah so how'd you uh how did you get into uh to to doing this this horse training deal and uh, like are you are you training um horses to show or or what 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 kind of is your your business model i would say yeah so i've you know i've trained a couple of rain cow horses for clients that i've shown and that's ultimately what i'd like to be doing uh, it's kind of hard to do if you can't go apprentice somebody you know and mm-hmm. go really for a long time and raising a family i mean that there's just not enough money working for somebody else mm-hmm. and so it hung up but but most of what i do is just starting colts and, and kind of how it all started was when i was uh i was about 13 and down where i kept my horses along the provo river there were a couple of middle-aged women who were having trouble with their horses and they didn't quite understand that giving them sugar you don't sugar. say yeah. 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 I, I'll tell you what, every one of them, every one of them tried to send me home with Clinton Anderson videos, but uh, <laughs> I bet so, but I tell you what, problems with their horses and some of them just kind of needed their ass whooped. Some of them just needed a little bit of corrective training. And so at 13, I started making a living doing that. Um, and it really just kind of grew from there. People would hear Oh hell, he's a good crashing dummy. Call him up to put the first couple rides on this horse. And there you go. And 
you know, and I always kept a second job. In fact, especially after I got married, I always kept a really good second job until uh, 2020. I a- ended up uh, breaking my leg and the company I worked for wouldn't let me keep working. And so oh. they're worried about, you know, oh, you're going to make it worse and you're going to come back and sue us. So I went home and took in 12 outside horses. And uh, when they finally were like, okay, you can come back. Cause you know, it's during the pandemic and everything like that. And so I call them up and say, Hey, I'm ready to come back. Doctors cleared me. Well, well now you're laid off because of COVID. And I said, well, oh, what if, you know, I mean, it's just a, a bullshit deal. I finally went back. I walked in there and I says, Hey, Good to see you guys again. Here's my two weeks. <laughs> Worked there for yeah. two more. The rest is history, and I've been loving it. That's awesome. Was it a mining or something? No, it was a factory job. I worked for, oh, okay. uh, which, I mean, they made, uh, you know, they make safety things for cars. And oh, I, okay. I had kind of a crew over there I was overseeing. I and, see. I mean, it was a good job. I, I, I'm i not cussing that factory one ounce. You know, I mean, they just did what they had to do. But Oh, yeah. It, it was kind of an eye-opener that like, hey, I think I can make a full-time living out of this and raise a family. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. Like, once you figure out you can make some money on your own, it's uh, it's it's good. Like, it's uh, it's better. It's better if, if you're, especially if you're not you're a guy that doesn't like to get told what to do a lot. You know, it, it's a, it's a lot better, you know? <laughs> and, oh yeah. Uh, That's me a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. Like, uh, and I know even, even if I know I'm kind of probably going to be wrong on this, I just don't like being told what to fucking do. You know, <laughs> like I just, I, I, I something about it just rubs me the wrong way. And, and, uh, and I don't know, I've said before, like I'm probably not the best employee, but I, like I'm pretty good at my job, but I, I don't know how, like i'm not not good at being much of a company man these days you know oh yeah um but uh way way this economy is going um i'm i'm becoming a little more of a company man uh, uh every day because I, I i i'm not at the point where i can uh i can just go do shit on on my own and uh and, and make a make a living and raise a family at it yet so uh in the meantime this job does treat me pretty good so i'm gonna i'm gonna be especially when with this recession coming i'm uh Gonna be a company man for life. <laughs> He's gonna tank pretty hard, I'm afraid. I think so. It's uh the crazy thing is, is like man, when when you're growing food for for a living or you're in something that revolves around that, like you're you're kinda in a recession proof industry. Doesn't mean it's not gonna suck, but like you probably there's always gonna be a job riding pins. There's always gonna be you know, uh, if there's somebody riding pins or or whatever, there's probably going to be somebody that that needs the horses rode. Uh, you know, needs to ride young young horses. There's always going to be that. As long as people eat, you know, there, there's gonna there's gonna be that. So it, it's kind of. I totally agree with you, except for I'm kind of afraid we're living in a government that doesn't really care whether it's made in America or not. Yeah, that's. That, that's... Real controversial, and I'm going to get some backlash and some bullshit for that comment. But, (laughs) but I, I do, I do. That's one thing that does make me worried, is that I mean, you just look at the way the fuel's been treated. Yep. The the eating deal kind of makes me nervous too. Um. Yeah. It's uh. 
I, I, I agree. It's, uh, it's not heading in a good spot, but I, <clears throat> there's always a, a breaking point where people say, no, well, that's like, you're, you're starting to see like more and more lefties, like pushing back on like the, you know, the crickets and, and eating bugs and shit. <laughs> and, um, yeah, there, there's always going to be a breaking point. The problem is America's so fucking soft that I don't know. I don't know how many, uh, like, that you could probably push them. I mean, they, we got pushed quite a ways during this pandemic deal. And for the most part, people didn't say boo. So I don't know. But there's, there's always, once, once the food starts slowing down or, you know, the oil starts slowing down, you know, you see, you see how people get when, when, uh, when they got to pay $6 a gallon gasoline, you know, it's, uh, their boat, they, their boat's a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. They, uh, and the tempers get a little bit shorter too. <laughs> so, um, there'll be a breaking point at some point, but I don't know. It's, uh, it, yeah, they're, they're, they're trying some weird shit. And, um, but the good thing is all these, uh, all like these, these fake meat companies are kind of going under. Like, um, I think it was JBS that just shut down there, you know, I don't remember what they called it, but it was one of those beyond meat, impossible meat type deal. Um, but whatever that division, they shut that down because it wasn't going to make any money. So no, yeah. um, I, I can't imagine when you, when you actually explain to somebody like how meat is grown in a lab versus just the natural life cycle of a cow, like, how how is it better being grown in the lab like how oh, yeah. how like oh, I, uh, I agree with you 100 percent. i mean if you think about it eating beef still qualifies you as being a vegetarian because all they eat is vegetables right they uh it, I, I just like I know what this is. I, this is a cow. I know. I know what goes into it. I, I I can see. This is an animal. You you knock it in the head. You cut its throat, and, and you let it hang for for a couple weeks, and then you 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 break it down into different cuts, and that's that's muscle tissue, that's fat, and that's bone. I understand what that is. We're supposed to eat that. Oh yeah. I don't know how you got this steak from a lab like i don't know the process behind that um and and you're trying to tell me because it's it's for for a you know climate change reasons but like how much how many chemicals and how much energy did you did you spend trying to grow this thing in a lab which i'm, I'm sure has to have you know very meticulous um you know settings you know it's not a, you know it's a lab environment it's not it's not the open range, you know, you got to have, uh, it's, everything's got to be sterile and, and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and how much energy does that expend to make this fake meat? Oh yeah. As, as opposed to just like, there's a cow there, there, there's a steer. He's 1300 pounds. He's ready to go. Let's go knock him in the head. We'll get it. And uh, there we go. Like, I know that what that is. It's not glamorous. The the process behind it. Uh, once once it comes down to the slaughter, it's not not glamorous. Definitely not. But that's life. Life ain't 
life ain't glamorous so well, i mean it's not it's not glamorous but y- you think about it 99% of the animals from birth till death that we eat mm-hmm. have life. yeah great life I mean, yeah there are a lot of places that mistreat animals and i understand that and whatever but i mean you can't you can't say the majority of the ones i've ever seen raised actually all of them i've ever seen raised grew up they grew up sucking on the tit and then they went into a feed yard for a while ate all the food they could eat in good conditions because if they don't have good conditions they ain't growing right and, and then, then you're wasting feed too 100 percent. if they got shitty conditions they're going to be stomping all that corn silage and everything else into the ground which that's expensive yeah. stuff well or, or the the you know they they get to where this won't they won't eat you know if you're overfeeding them then you're eventually you got to just throw that that feed out on the ground and that that's waste feeds expensive nowadays it's uh yeah it's uh and and they're in there less than a year for the most part unless they're holsteins or longhorns or something like that that take a little bit longer to grow they're they're in a in in a confined area less than a year unless unless you're talking about the dairy industry which i i love me some cheese i love me some milk i'm not a huge uh fan of how the dairy industry is uh is organized and then how like I, i'm not a i think there's some there's some huge ethical issues with the with the dairy industry and that, that may be i may get some pushback from that but i i've seen the cattle that they've bred i grow them you know they well, they come in at at uh at about six months old and yeah i i see them and it's uh they're very inbred very inbred but they, they make they make good milk i guess and they and a lot of it um but that's yeah that, that goes back to the whole like government subsidy deal and that you know a hundred percent but but too i mean you know talking about the the beef industry compared to the dairy industry those are two totally different worlds mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then like i i've got my issues with the with the the poultry and the and the, the pork industries too but once again, it, like it, that you know that they, uh, cons- the people on the conservative end of the spectrum do themselves a real disservice when they ignore the the lefties when they talk about corporations because they're they're dead on the money. Like that when when these things when these companies get so big and they're they're, they're so tied into government, like that that's that's not good. And you can see, uh. I just saw that Kroger bought um, is buying Albertsons. <laughs> so like, what's the other like major grocery you've got like whole foods, the Kroger's um, Safeway. And you know, like was like Wawa and Publix. Like there's only a handful of, uh, of, of all, you know, and outside of like the, you know, the regional stores, you know, like Wawa and Publix and what is it and down in Texas, like H E B or something. But like, Kroger and Walmart and and Whole Foods is kind of like the major grocery stores nowadays. Oh yeah, and um and now like Albertsons, I don't know how many how many stores they were kind of a more regional deal, but um they're still pretty big, and now Kroger just absorbs all that too. And you're just like, how big can you get? Like, oh yeah. At what, at what point do you just like I don't I don't really need to take on any more stores, you know? Like I don't know, but I guess it's not 
I don't know. I don't know that how that how it all works. But like I said, they, I think the conservatives really ought to, you know, take a listen to what some of those lefties say on on these corporations because they've been talking about it for a long time. You know. Yeah, I agree with you. I think anytime that anytime you're too intertwined with the government, you're going down a bad road. Yeah. Now, of course, there's the the lefties' solution is just to have the government own all of it. And um, that's also a bad, bad solution. So I'm not saying that their solutions are good, but I'm saying they diagnosed the problem fairly correctly. Right. But their solution is to just like do more of that, except just the the corporations don't exist anymore. It's just the, the government. And you're just like, well, no, no, (laughs) that's, that's not good either. That's that's actually bad. It's like real, real bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> it i think yeah so it's uh but yeah like they uh i was i've said that about bernie for a while like he he's really good at telling you what the problems are but his solutions are are even worse so i well but well, that's the thing. Any, anybody can tell you what the problem is i mean you you'd yeah, think so easy to bitch and moan but how easy is it to come up with a good solution that's gonna fix some shit oh i know well that's like yeah i mean that that's bernie sanders uh he he at least addresses the the problems for the most part you know right. <clears throat> um yeah whereas most of your republicans don't even do that they just like hey the democrats are bad well anybody with one good eye can see that the democrats are terrible uh, over the past, you know, especially like 30, I don't know, 20, 30 years, but like, particularly today, like, I mean, it doesn't take uh, just a real genius to, to see that they're a bunch of fucking crazy people. But yeah, like, you guys aren't even pointing out the problem. You're just like, hey, the other side's crazier than us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, what about Dang. these problems? Charles could tell you that the two party system's a freaking joke. Yeah. I mean, yeah. see that. But then but then you uh you you talk about maybe I'll vote libertarian and then the Republicans be like, "Hey, hey motherfucker, you don't be taking the votes away from us." Well, maybe run better candidates. I don't know. <laughs> like uh, fuck, man. Well, I mean, that's the thing is when it comes to the two party system, that's what cracks up. I mean, Mitt Romney is a great example of why the two party system is broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the people who have voted for him, yeah, Democrats were all about him for the longest time. And then, yeah. oh, he switched to Republicans. So Republicans are all about, he's still the same piece of shit he was. What's uh? What's the thoughts on him in there in Mormondom? I, I'm, I'm curious about that. You know, it used to be it used to be a little more black and white. Yeah, to, and and I will tell you this: my uh, my uncle was actually college roommates with him. Back oh in no the shit! Day. Yeah, shit you not. Huh. And but but see, there was a time in his uh, when he was running or when he was doing the whole politic thing, you know, that he was a pretty straight shooter and and was he he you know he believed what he believed and stuck mm. by that. And now he believes what the votes will get him, kind of. Right? Yeah. Like, he believes, like, oh, if I say I believe that, that'll get me some votes. And, and that's, I mean, 
as far as you know the Mormon world's concerned, nobody really gives a shit that he's LDS, right? Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. It's, like it's, they're not like hanging their hat on me. Like, hey, look, we got Mitt Romney. Yeah. You hundred know? percent. Like they're like, okay, if I'm you know a hardcore liberal and he's wanting to be on the Democratic side, I'm going to vote for him. Or they're just like the rest of the world that way. Yeah. Whereas they're they're voting for a party. They're not voting for a policy. Mm. Yeah. I. Uh... Yeah, I, I just wonder because I know I know the the at least on, on the Mormon leadership, you know, they're pretty they're pretty tight lipped when it comes, or you know, they kind of handle problems internally. Um, yeah, more 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 so than than anything, they they try to keep a a very like like pristine public image, uh, you know, outward facing image. You know, they uh, they don't they don't bash each other much. They just kind of yeah, like I said, they yeah. handle shit internally. And like the leaders of the church, you know, that the biggest thing they have told the members of their congregation is prayerfully decide how you should vote. Right? Yeah. They don't tell you like, hey, you should vote for you should vote for Trump this election or you mm. should vote for Biden this election. They're more just like, you know, stay close to the Lord. This is what they're telling everybody. Just stay mm. close to the Lord, pray to him and have him give you guidance. And that's how you should vote. Which, honestly, as far as the religion's concerned, I kind of dig that. You know, I did too. I I remember, um, we were still in Kansas on in the 2016 election, and uh, <clears throat> we were going to this uh, this Southern Baptist church. Which, uh, boy, Southern Baptists don't look so great here <laughs> here recently as uh, as of late. But uh, anyhow, this particular church, I I just remember like when when and I was not a, a Trump fan in 2016. I'm still not really a Trump fan, but. I, I will say he was he's a little better than I gave him credit for, but I will say I was pretty pretty well spot on on for my gut instinct that he's just uh that's a guy about himself and not I think he does have some some love for the country, but I think he's it's more than anything it's about Trump. And I don't I don't like that in anyone and but also those are the type of people that typically end up being president. So what what do you do? Um but I remember like, you know, everything was getting pretty, pretty ramped up. And, and of course it was Southwest Kansas. Nobody was fucking voting for, for Hillary. Uh, but the, you know, the Republican primaries were a dog fight. You remember? I mean, like Trump was fucking dropping nukes on people. And, uh, and I just remember like after it was all after the, the primary and Trump got the, the nomination and, I was like, if they, if we go to church today and they, you know, have anything about uh, voting for Trump, it's like, like they push voting for Trump as I will never walk in this church again. Like, cause I don't need my church telling me that, that some, uh, that it's God's plan for, for some three time divorced uh, guy who probably banged a bunch of porn stars, paid them to, to, to bang them. I don't need uh, my preacher telling me that it's God's plan that <laughs> that I need to vote for that guy. So if they do that, I'm I'm never a stepping foot in here again. And and they didn't. So I mean, like kudos on on uh, Pastor Dane. He 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 didn't. He was like ah, he was like ah. yeah, same same kind of thing. He's like uh, you pray on it, just pray on it. Yep. And uh, yeah, because I like it was that was a weird one. 
politics is always weird, but boy, last last eight years has been really fucking weird. Oh man, it's been it's been a ride. Yeah. It's um, been, the only thing I can say that I kind of dig about the Trump administration that way was that yes, it was all about him and making kind of all of his affairs a little bit better in the long mm-hmm. run. Also made the economy pretty freaking badass. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah. and to me, it's like, you know, if my enemy wins and I win. Yeah. Great. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to lose or, you know, I don't want to lose to make my enemy lose kind of. Right. Story. I've got my beef with Trump, but I've also got this kind of the same thing. That's like, gal, you can't argue. There were a lot mm-hmm. of that, you know, I mean, I yep. sure like, I sure liked the final when my freaking fuel pump clicked. I yeah, same same here. Like I, I miss the days when it was under a hundred bucks to to fill up. You know, I yeah, miss those days. Um, now it's over three fifty. And yeah, well, and the, and the thing with like the Trump, you know, supposedly his corruption. All right, so foreign dignitaries stayed at his hotel. He makes money off of that. Okay, well, is it is it wasting my money? Is he stealing from me to make himself right. richer? I don't think he. I don't think that's the case in in this deal. I don't think it's right. I don't think he should be allowed to do that. But you know, you notice they don't they don't come at him for that because then they'd have to come at fucking everybody in in Congress for for doing the same type of shit. So, right. I think. Um, it- Bigger question is how are guys who are on salaried fifty eight thousand a year millionaires? Yeah, exactly. Uh, want- same yeah, same way, like one hundred seventy four thousand dollars a year to to be a member of Congress. A little bit more if you're uh, if you're the speaker or you know hold a hold a higher position uh, within the House, and, and you're worth hundreds of millions of dollars over over about fifty years, like. Okay. They have a okay. big That's all I got to say. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I mean when when they're uh when you have like a third of Congress that's outperforming uh Warren Buffett and uh and like the big hedge fund like the people that do that for a living like the best in the world and we've got a third of the dumb dumbs in Washington outperforming them. Huh weird weird but like if you and i had had performed in that way we, we'd go to jail for insider trading but they they at most they'll get like a 200 hundred dollar fine oh yeah at most um but most of them don't even get that because it doesn't get investigated because uh oh they're they're not gonna probably pass a law to investigate themselves or <laughs> you know yeah fucking crazy so yeah, I, <clears throat> I've got my my problems with Trump, and I've got a, I've got some I've got some issues with the you know like putting his family in in positions of power. He's making, I mean he he was doing what um you know Hunter Biden's being accused of. You know he's using his his name's influence. Uh, same same thing, but I don't see very many cases that they bring against him where he's stealing from the American public to, right. to enrich himself. Uh, he's stealing from his, uh, fr- from his uh, supporters in this, this whole election um, deal. 
since since uh, since the 2020 election, he has uh, been um, yeah, he's directly just been grifting the 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 base to to pay his legal fees, I think. Um, but before that, I don't I don't I didn't see much where he was he was stealing my money. And, and if, if, if there's, if that's not the case, I mean, I'd, I'd, if, I mean, if there, that was the case, I'd love to know because I'll, I'll still be pissed at him either way. But the, the shit with, uh, with China and Ukraine and all that stuff, remember they, they impeached him over Ukraine. Um, Mitt Romney's tied up in Ukraine. He was tied up in Burisma. Uh, John Kerry was tied up in there. Uh, I believe Pelosi had some sort of connection there. I mean, it, a lot of people that get stood to make money off of Ukraine. And, uh, and also at the same time, they're suppressing the, you know, the U S energy, uh, market. And, um, which is essentially stealing money for me because, uh, it's making it way more expensive for me to, to fuel up. Um, yeah, I get real, real pissed at that. That's when I I won't turn a blind eye to the corruption. I can kind of overlook it if it's not, coming out of my pocket you know if he's if he's fucking over some foreign people um you know i don't know i i don't have too much of a problem with that a lot easier pill to swallow i mean as long as they're like it's not coming to the point where we're going to war over it i'm kind of i'm kind of okay with it um but if it's coming out of my pocket hmm, yeah i i I don't turn turn so much of a blind eye to that yeah, when my grocery bill doubled and my fuel bill doubled and my hay yeah. bill, I still can only charge so much to train a horse. Yeah, what's uh, what's hay running down in, in your your part of the world? God, freeze! I think it's three hundred and fifty a ton. That's about what it is here three three fifty to four hundred somewhere in there. Yeah, depend depending on what you're getting, but yeah, there's there's definitely stuff that's that's over four hundred. Well, the, the problem is like my hay guy. So he's, uh, he's an old retired guy that, uh, he retired to farm, if that makes any sense. And he, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was telling me, he says, yeah, you know, my, uh, hay string, it used to cost me about $17 a bale to tie it up with my twine. He yeah. says, and then, uh, you know, and he was running through everything. Well, this year it's charging him. It's costing him $28 a bale. Mm-hmm. And his fertilizer is times five what it was a couple years ago. And, you know, the fuel to run his tractor. Hell, the fuel to run the tractors is only 40 cents cheaper a gallon than what we're paying right now yep. for compared to off-road. I mean, that is insane. That is yep. absolutely asinine. Yeah, that's how you know it's like it's straight inflation because that's well past all the, the taxes and stuff that, you know, and, and it's just like, yeah, you're you're paying about forty cents in taxes and whatnot for for diesel, and the rest of it's just fucking inflation. Well, that's the thing is, you know, it's inflation when a guy is charging double and still making the same amount or less mm-hmm. within a couple of years. I mean, yeah, like if you're not getting a a ten percent raise at work, like you're you're losing. I mean, you essentially took a pay cut. I mean, there there you're talking eight nine percent inflation. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, I mean, that's the thing. like, I've, I've raised my rates the last two years training horses mm-hmm. and considerably, you know, by hundreds yeah. a month and I'm still making less than I was before. Yeah. But you know, when I figured out my overhead and everything like that, 
Yeah, uh, like we were talking before we we came on air. Like, man, I, I thought about maybe uh, maybe um, riding some some horses, uh, some outside horses again, and I just it it ain't fucking worth it anymore to to i don't have uh i don't have a my name built up enough in this part of the world yet to to where i can get decent horses to ride uh consistently so you're you're having to go just kind of take whatever as long as they're you know they're willing to pay well if i gotta keep them here at the house uh, yeah that that raises my my rates up a bunch because hey it's fucking expensive and then man I just don't want to ride a bunch of dinks for, for, you know, it's the like nine, 10 year old rescues that, uh, you know, that have had a, had a a start on them when they were a two year old, but, uh, they'd, they'd really like to, uh, you know, be able to put their kids on it by next year. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brand on their neck, but other than that, they're smart. Yeah, I mean, and you know, there's no bad horse. You know, it's always it's always the rider. It's never the horse. Yeah, tell that to my fucking cane. I have to use to walk around. Yeah, no shit. Now you, uh, yeah, you got banged up pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a hell of a deal. And honestly, it was on a halfway decent horse. I mean, so tell me what would have happened if he was a piece of shit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because uh, I I've, I'm sure you've seen that video it was floating around here a couple of years ago um some some old gal like on the paint horse and uh and that that sucker reared up and then kicked and just threw himself backwards and you're like ah he's done that before he's he's done that before and uh yeah yeah we that that's that's one where you you hold that sucker down and you stomp on his head and uh if he ever ever raises both front feet off the ground again you yank him over backwards and uh like mm, that 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 dude had learned some bad lessons and uh got away with it well and see that's that's the thing like you were telling me at the the start of this you know y'all i understand if you don't want to talk about this that or the other hurting your business you know what if you don't agree with that i don't want to ride your horse yeah you know there you go you don't agree that some of them horses just need the shit knocked out of them. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't, I do not knock the shit out of a horse if it don't need it. Right. You know, the, the best thing I like to say is that the punishment's got to fit the crime. Mm. But quite crime like that deserves a pretty damn big punishment. Yep. yep. And so, you know, I, I shit you not. I, I wouldn't want to ride a horse for somebody. That, if I told them that it was trying to flip over on me and they're like, well, y'all, Let's just give it some carrots and sugar cubes and let it be comfortable, you know. Load that some bitch up and take it home. This yep. bitch needs flipped over and you know, he needs his pole to hit the ground a time or two and knock some sense into him. And mm-hmm. like oh, I'm the furthest thing from an abusive trainer, but those horses, they either need their heads cut off or they need a really good ass kicking. Yep. Yeah, that's I mean, those are the ones where you like you said, you tip them over on their head several times till they they feel it. Like they damn sure feel it, and then you you tie them down and you put a tarp on them and you sit there and you drink a thirty pack and, yep. and just let them let them soak in. And hopefully they do it on a day where it's about a hundred degrees, so they they get the oh, yeah. full effect. And well, is and this I, is it torture? Yeah, yeah. No, because I, I, I lay I lay even a lot of good horses down. I don't flip them over, but I do lay yeah. a lot of good horses down. Um, 
I'll just tie a leg up, tie it to the saddle horn, you know, mm-hmm. and, just, and just let them fight it. And I'll, hell, I'll ride six horses while they're tied up. And then when they lay down, I walk over to them. You know, if it's like a real stingy horse, I'll just sit and pat them. I'll just pat mm-hmm. their ball up and down, you know, and rub on them and love on them yep. and stuff. If that's the problem, if it's because they're too stingy, but mm-hmm. if they're just ignorant son of a bitch, I just take a tarp, put it over their head and, you know, let yep. them fight foot and stuff. But, you know, there's, there's only so much a guy can do until he's got to take some extreme measures when it comes to training horses. And like I say, those are far and few in between. They're, they're below 1%. Oh yeah. You have to but, do that there- kind of but I think it was you like several years back, a couple years back and posted something about a horse. It was like taking a nap and had, a yeah. Break. Yep. Yeah. That was my, that was my little Karen mare. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lori Darlin, she's a, she's a typical Palomino mare. I mean, I, everybody that's ever owned a Palomino mare always like they're, they're good horses, boy, they're the, they're bitches. They, they are just, they can be some dirty, rotten, stupid bitches. And, uh, and, and it goes about once a year. I've got a, I got to go have a fight with Karen because she, she gets, she's still just super head shy. And, and no matter how much I fuck with her ears and, uh, and like at some point you just have to force your yourself on their head and right. you know, you grab their ears and you flip them around and you stick a finger in them and you just do whatever, whatever you can to piss them off and don't let them get away from you because it's like, Hey, I'm not trying to hurt you, but it's a lot better if you just let me slide the bridle over your head than me trying to feel your brain because, oh, yeah. uh, Especially after that, Dad Gem Long of trying to get him over it. I mean, right? What's a guy to do? I, you know, at that point, if you can't get along with that horse after that long, you know, and and mm-hmm. if you're capable of getting by her, to me, that's a canner. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you got to. You, it's like, okay, do you want to be dead, or do you right. want to? You know, do you want you, you want to go make some dogs happy, or do you want to make me mm-hmm. happy? Yeah, and, and and luckily with her, like. It's never, it's never an issue where it's like, uh, where where it's like, all right, I, I'm I'm done with you. Like it's not it's not one where like I'm gonna just go shoot her because she, uh, I don't want don't wish her upon somebody else. But it's it's just stupid annoying little shit where she she'll be fresh and then all of a sudden she don't want you to touch her head. But as soon as you grab her nose, you know she'll she's fine. But oh, yeah. if you just and it's just like that we've done this before we have done this. So mm. yeah, now you're going to go, you're going to go take a nap in the sun, um, under a tarp <clears throat> because you know, you know better than this. And, oh, yeah. uh, uh, my, my kids got to fight another day and I made them just go lap run laps around the house in the, the heat of the day. And, uh, oh, okay. Well, they quit fighting. So, I mean, yep. they were thirsty, they were thirsty a little bit, but they quit fighting. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you just got to do what you got to do to make decent, decent beans, whether it's humans or horses. And I swear to you, as a dad of four, I can tell you training horses and kids ain't no different. That's not. That's the, not. The principles, the principles are no different as far right. as what you got to do is just be consistent. You know, let them understand exactly what the boundaries are, what the rules are, and then be consistent yep. about how you uphold those rules and mm-hmm. else 
it, there's absolutely no difference between the two. And I've got, I've got happy kids and I've got happy horses. Yeah. I, I'll tell you this much. If I'm mad, they're scared. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I think that's the way it should be. Like, uh, I mean, like you don't, obviously you don't want your kids to live in fear of you, but also no, they should know that like when you're mad, that's a, that's, you, you reached a point with like, Hey, that's enough. Well, and see, scared to me can mean so much as like, oh, he's going to take my toy away. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and I, I know. Stand by scared. Like, you yeah. Know, they know I'm not full of shit. They know that they're. Right. And that's, that's that what I'm getting at, too. It's just like, uh, but they also should be like, when you raise your voice, they should know like, oh, this isn't, this is real. Like, no, 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 no. That's like, I, I did something wrong here. Like, that, that's, they should know that. And they should be, should have that little, you know, bit of like, oh, yeah. Some probably something's gonna happen, you know. Whether whether it's a toy, take the, take the tablet away, whatever, run laps around the house, or or to the point of a spanking, you know. But whatever, they, they should know. Like, oh, I've crossed that boundary, and um, now there will be consequences. Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. What I like to do with studs, I don't know how much experience you have with dogs, but like, not not a ton on uh, on the working dogs and and, and breeding dogs in general. Yeah, and I don't have a ton either, but, like, you know, the best thing to do with a dog is just growl at them. You know, give mm-hmm. them, they start acting up, and you go, hey, you know, kind of a thing. Well, I started doing that with my stud horses before I'd kick the shit out of them because, let's be honest, stud horses need a lot firmer hand than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, it's gotten to the point where, like, my stud horses, when I let out a growl, if they're tied up and pawing or they're tied up and they're dropped out, getting excited, and I let out a growl, and it's not that I've been abusive, but it, I've been consistent enough, I can be at the other end of the arena and let out a growl, and they stop and look at me. And they go, okay, I better stop. Yeah. Just just because of that growl. And it's just been the consistency. It's not that every time I growl, I beat them over the head or do something stupid. Mm. You know, it's just a matter Hey, I've worked your ass off. I've growled at you and then worked your ass off. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's it's the same thing with the dad voice. I said. Yep. You know, and yeah, that's like when, once the tone changes, like, ah, ah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh, he's not dicking around now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, now it, it's, you're right. It's, it's very, very similar. They're, 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 yeah. You're, you're just allowed to, to kick on a horse a little bit you know it's not it's not really well not really in, a, in today's world you got to be pretty dadgum careful with that too my god yeah you I, do i put a video of uh on tiktok of a uh my donkey breaking a colt to lead mm. and, and the donkey and the colt were standing next to each other just quiet as can be and all i did was take a quick video of you know oh look at this donkey she's the best employee i've got no big deal well, next thing I know, there's a couple of stitched videos of, oh, you can do better than that. That's animal abuse. And I've got uh, a donkey. I've got a donkey that's got broken vertebrae because of all that and this, that, and the other. And I told my wife I didn't do it because I try to keep, you know, pretty professional when it comes to this industry. I told my wife I wanted to get on there and say, you know, that's the difference between a dumbass and a smartass. A dumbass lets the cults pull them or, or you know, tries to fight the cults when they're pulling them around, and a smartass follows them around <laughs> yep. yeah yeah you know, i couldn't post a video on on tiktok without getting a ton of backlash and there was nothing bad even happening they were both standing still looking at me with about two and a half feet of droop in the, yeah in the two you know 
I, I think I remember uh, remember that video because I, I saw it because it got passed around Facebook a little bit too in uh, you know in in all the like the equine groups there there was you know arguments started and it's like ah oh, you people need to do harder stuff in your life like you you need to be more tired when you get home or something. Well, that's the thing is I've got that donkey in a pen next to all the wean ones. And I open up that gate and she walks right in. I don't even have to catch her. Yeah. She walks right into them weanlands, walks right into that harness, like ready to go to work, loves her job. But, you know, if some if there's some dickhead colt that's really thumping on her or getting stupid, I pull that colt off of it and do it myself. Yeah. You know, I don't let it. I don't let something just sit and thump on her. You know, I, I, I value her as as an employee, basically. And so but everybody's thinking, oh, this guy's just the biggest dick in the world because he's tying a colt to a donkey and i mean that's the best way to broke no oh, yeah well um, yeah it's like every now and then you'll get you'll get to where there's uh where there's some issues but for the most part that donkey's like i hey, right, i'll teach you a thing or two did you did you see the one i put on where that i i tied a colt to that donkey and that same night i give the lead rope to my boy and he led that colt all around no, I didn't see that one, but I, I believe it. That that colt had never been, he'd been haltered one time, and we just let him drag the lead rope around, which again, you can't do that. You're not allowed to let him drag a lead rope around. But he dragged the lead rope around for two days right after he'd been weaned. I mm-hmm. tied him up to donkey for two hours, pulled him loose, left for the day, came back that night just to see what his brain was. And I let him around and I handed the lead rope to my five-year-old boy and he led him all over the place. Hmm. Yeah. It's, um, wasn't the right way to train that colt. I mean, I mean, it's effective. I, I, it's very, very effective. And it's at the end of the day, I'm okay with a little bit of a wear of wear and tear on a donkey as opposed to myself, you know, because um, we're at the top of the food chain and the donkey is not, I like a donkey just fine, but, Still, oh, yeah. I'm not going to hurt myself if a donkey can uh, do the job a little easier and uh, not worry about him getting beat up too much. Cause, oh, uh, yeah. Well, and I, I agree with that sentiment being at the top of the food chain 100%, but my wife would absolutely kill me if something happened to that donkey. Mm-hmm. And extra careful with her. and Yeah. she But she loves her job. She yeah. walks. She willingly. I just open up the gate. And she walks in there with them weanlands because she knows what's coming. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do this shit. Yeah. Go ahead and onto one of them. Like, I, it's, if she was being abused, I promise you, you can't catch a donkey if it's being abused. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that's like a mule that don't want you to ride it. You won't ride it. <laughs> like, there, there's some bucking mules, but like, there, if a mule don't, does, just doesn't want you to ride it. I don't know if there's anybody that can ride it. <laughs> and, well, I, I've trained a pile of mules, and the the best thing that's ever been told to me about that is you will never outwork a mule. You've just got to outsmart them because yeah. they are. You'll never if they don't want to do it. They're never going to do it. You got to make mm-hmm. them like. Yeah, and and they're pretty hard to outsmart because they're pretty damn smart. Well, but two jackasses think alike. That's true. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We should, uh, on that note, well, let's, uh, let's end that for the regular episode. We'll do another, 
we'll do another 15 20 minutes here uh for the patreon crew and we'll we'll talk about some some training wrecks and uh that way you know only way you can hear that is you got to pay for it so uh anyway where where do they where do they find you at what's that where where do they find you at on on uh, on all TikTok and Facebook and all that? Well, on TikTok, I'm uh, Benji spelt B E N J Y underscore Smith. That's on TikTok, and then on uh, Facebook, if you look up Backwards ZT Horse Training, nice. Still Backwards ZT. That's the brand. So Backwards ZT Horse Training. That's my uh, Facebook page for my business. Awesome. Well, go give him a follow, like all of his stuff. Maybe he'll make a little bit of money on the on the TikTok stuff uh, here and there. Um, I I I kind of just quit the quit dicking around with the TikTok. I'm 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 not good at making short videos. I or I I don't I don't maybe I just haven't had any good ideas. I'm I'm better at this just talking. Is that, for, is that how come I can't get you to follow me? Um, uh, maybe I. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll download TikTok and I'll go follow you. But I uh, I, I, I I um yeah I I I tried to get going on the on the TikTok deal, but it was more just to try to see see uh, see if I could get more more people to listen to the podcast. It wasn't really for trying to to make a you know actually meet anybody. It was more just to see see what was going to go viral. Maybe I could make a little bit of money on it. But it uh. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't my thing. I think I'm too much of a boomer for for the TikTok. I'm I'm better at at uh, at this where I can just I can just talk and uh, I don't have to think of something witty. Oh yeah, problem with TikTok, you got to have the camera just at the right time to get any views. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true because it's it's made for yeah it's made for when shit happens. Like the one of the the best videos I did on there, or at least did the the most views, was what just happened to catch my coworker getting bucked off and, and, you know, and it was, uh, yeah, just, just so happened I had the GoPro on and, uh, but yeah, there's, there's plenty of shit that, that would, uh, I was like, ah, I wish I would have been, I would have been filming that. Cause that would have been so funny to my videos, a horse stomping me into the ground. That got over 500,000 views or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's, it's pinned at the top of my TikTok deal. Cause Hey, I was just having a guy film me chasing that donkey around because I was just teaching the horse how to rate, and I was just going to send it to the client. Well, she slipped, yeah. fall off, and she steps on me about six times. And boy, mm. I tell you, that—that's the best video I've had, and it was just an accident. So yeah, it's it's funny how that how that shit happens. But yeah, anyway, go give him a follow, Benji Smith, and um, yeah, I'll uh. If I ever download TikTok again, I will I'll definitely follow you back. But I, I got you on Facebook. Uh, are you on Instagram or, or no? Yeah, I couldn't even tell you what my Instagram handle is, though. But I'm sure if you looked up Benji Smith, there aren't too many of them. Probably not. Probably not. So anyway, <laughs> go go give him a follow. And um, yeah, this has been fun. Uh, and we're we're gonna talk some 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 good wrecks here here in the Patreon uh, segment. So, uh, yeah, go sign up for that. Patreon.com slash Burning Daylight, or you can uh, you can get it on Spotify too. So um, anyway, best way you can you can support the show, and yeah, the 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 bonus bonus stuff gets pretty funny. So, anyways, uh, thanks again, Benji, and uh, move your ass. We're burning daylight.
up in the morning beneath the stars so bright. Pull your hat down, make sure your cinch is tight. Horses kind of snuffy, cold chill up your spine. You'll get your ass moving some more burning daylight. So this this latest one you got banged up pretty good. Have 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 uh have you been injured uh pretty severely before uh from from horses or Yeah, I've had a handful of pretty good horse wrecks. I mean I Yeah. I, yeah, I got figuring I broke I broke uh, three bones in three years and when I was fifteen I snapped my leg in half and mm. I, I've had some pretty good wrecks. I've they they know my name at the ER in town. <laughs> yeah, one of those. I I've been pretty fortunate. I've not had many. Uh, like I've been laid up a little bit here and there, or like been hobbled up, but I've never I've never really broke anything. I've had some like uh, you know like those spiral not I not spiral fracture, but like uh, stress fractures on on my wrists and stuff. But like you know they, they didn't actually break to the outside. It wasn't wasn't a clean like a clean break. It was all internal, and so like those, they, they you can't even do anything for that. They give you a soft cast, and that's it. Like they, they just give you like a little arm brace, and you're like, well, shit's gonna suck for a little while. <laughs> that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> it. It's gonna hurt, but tough shit. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, eh, that, that's about it. We can give you some opioids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> come to utah everyone's hooked on them i uh, that, that's cool with uh with the mormon crowd the opioids are okay <laughs> well if nobody knows about it everything's cool there you go it's kind of like baptist and drinking yeah exactly the only you gotta, difference though is the difference between mormons and baptists at the uh, liquor stores baptists will say hi to each other mm, that's probably true <laughs> but they they try not to be seen at the they try to go like one county over to get their booze so where where all the other bad ones go right <clears throat> yeah exactly um 
Yeah, it's it's funny. Funny how that Yeah. You know, I, I think religion in general is probably a good thing, but like the it's the organized religion part of it that that uh that always doesn't matter what, what religion it is, like yeah. You can find good and bad in all of it. Yeah. Yeah, and then once once a organization gets big whoever's at the the head's probably going to be a pretty big piece of shit <laughs> you can just almost set your clock by that like more often than not they're probably pretty shitty and uh yeah. i don't know i just said it's that's how it is I, I i don't know anything about the about the the current mormon presidents i've just I, i'm more interested in the historical aspect but i know i know plenty of other like of uh i mean shit the the pope before this the current one he uh he essentially had to step down because he was in charge of like shuffling around the pedophiles so they didn't get prosecuted you know (laughs) um yeah so and then yeah then the southern baptist convention you know they same thing except that instead of little boys it was little girls or uh you know so or or just uh just womanizing in general and uh, you're like yeah so i don't know they're like the i think the the lessons that are supposed to be learned within the the text of of all these the you know these these holy books are probably probably pretty decent but be very very skeptical about the the ones preaching it you know or at least least be oh yeah i don't know but little I'd, i'd hold them at arm's length oh yeah i could understand that yeah so, anyways, we we were talking horse wrecks instead. <laughs> we get we got on on to religion. <laughs> it's it's funny how how you how these little deals. Uh, yeah. Well, and that that was all that was talking about Baptist uh, Baptist at the liquor store. So there you go. We 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 went off on a whole dissertation. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, one thing one thing about it, you just never know where the conversation's gonna go, and that's that's yeah. one thing. I- podcast is you might have this idea but it's gonna go over here yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i just i don't know i don't i don't have much of a filter and i uh but i i don't i don't ever try to be to be uh you know annoying or anything i I, like i just you know if when i when i have people on on the show i i genuinely am interested to talk to them so i don't like i don't i don't I don't have a, a a shtick, you know. I got it's this is my brain as it is, you know. It's it's a, it's a weird one, but it, it's kind of fun sometimes. So, oh yeah, no, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the same dad Yemway. I think, uh, yeah, more often than not, like it, the the more the more time you you spend a horseback, like the the more time you have to your thoughts, because like when, when you're riding a colt. And, uh, and that this is why like, uh, horse trainers are always like kind of on high They're They're on like, they're real high strung because they're always on young horses. Um, but like, as the more, like you start a colt and then the, like the more you get onto them, then the more like your brain can kind of relax because you're, you're not worried about, about so much teaching them something you're not worried about them blowing up or spooking or you know like the the more and more you just like your brain just gets to wander and, and it doesn't matter if you've got like music playing in the background or you're listening like your your brain gets to wander and then um oh, oh yeah. yeah 
So like the the more the more guy spins a spins a horseback, the more he gets uh, in touch with some of the weirder thoughts that he <laughs> that you're gonna have. Oh yeah, I told I've told people before I could solve the world's problems if all I had was gentle horses to ride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's for that's for real. But when you're yeah, when when you're always on on a cult that could blow, or you're you're always like just trying to teach him something, yeah, like it changes your whole your whole outlook on life too. Like you're like you become like that, just like jittery. Oh you yeah, know? you're always on edge. Always. Yeah. Yeah, you're always waiting for the next bad thing to happen. Or. Something. Well, it's it's kind of on- like soldiers coming back from war too. You know, like they're they're used to just like you know, just being on edge. Uh, but you know, like in an explosion, you know, there's always that, the scene in the movies where like the, the new guy hits the ground, uh, when the, you know, bomb goes off and then the guy that's been there forever, just, you know, already been in the shit just stands there. Um, but, uh, but it's the same way. Like, you know, if, if your, your entire way of life is just being on edge all the time, like you're, you're going to be even, even when you're not on a horse or, or you're not at war, you're just going to be on edge all, all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's part of it. And yeah, like, I think everybody knows those, those particular horse trainers where they're just like, they're, they're not all that way, but like the ones that are just, you know, they're always on, on young horses and just all, and they, they, maybe they have kind of a ram and jam personality as it is, but then you, then you add on just like, cult after cult after cult after cult and they're just like oh yeah that dude is a hot mess you know <laughs> that's that's why we're all a bunch of self-medicators <laughs> that's that's also partially true because uh you can't afford to go to the hospital so so you just drink until uh till you can't feel the pain anymore there's a lot of truth to that <laughs> yeah after a while shit just kind of hurts and uh i you know that that's one thing I, I've kind of I've really enjoyed about um, about listening to Rogan is uh, he because he's a health freak and, and uh, but man the guy's fifty something years old and he like he's in he's in good shape so there's something about that just like you know trying to trying to preserve what you have and it, and a lot of times it's just like doing hard shit <laughs> you know oh, yeah. like that's that's kind of the 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 secret to it is like um well the diet sucks so um there's that and then also the work to get there sucks but you feel great when when you're done so oh, and you yeah. look good so it's like eh. <laughs> the, the 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 secret is um it's a lot of work and it sucks <laughs> yep yep but well- in my line of work, Chris Ledoux said it best. He's still too tough to die. You know, mm. I mean, when it comes to horse trainers, I mean, yeah. cowboy, same thing. Just yeah, too tough to die. Yeah, I, I think so. I, think it's I mean, more the idea than the individual. But yeah, well, and but it's also like they're they're too dumb to feel pain too, and it's not so not so much that it's just like well, I mean. I get when I got kicked in the face the other day. It's like I said, it wasn't that it wasn't even really that that interesting in a, of a story because I didn't see stars or anything. Like so, she caught me where it didn't didn't ring my bell. Like I still had the wherewithal. Is like I no, I'm not letting you up. Um, but you know, most normal people, their first reaction when they get hit in the face is to 
grab their face, but like, no, I, I've got a 600 pound heifer uh, that I'm sitting on. And uh, I really, it's going to be a wreck if I let her up because then I'm going to have to go get my rope and, you know, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. So it's like, no, fuck my eye. It's or you're, you're my face. I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm going to get this bitch tied down. Well, that's why God gave you two of everything. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so it's not, not so much that we're too dumb to feel pain. It's just like, well, the pain sucks, but it's going to suck worse if my face hurts. And then I got to go cut, get my yeah, rope. Exactly. <laughs> now you're just problems. <laughs> yeah. So and it's like, yeah, it's just part of the job. You're like, shit hurts every now and then. <laughs> and then, and then the older you get, it's just like, oh, shit just hurts all the time. Oh yeah. No, it, and it kind of made me wonder, you know, since I got hurt there about a month ago. And like I say, I've got about two more months before I can get back in the saddle. And I've had people that are like, so, I mean, do you have PTSD? Are you, oh, fuck. are you this, that, and the other, you know, I've had, I've had all them different questions and it's kind of made me question my sanity because my only thought is how soon can I get back in the saddle? You know, yeah. don't wrong. I don't want to go do something that's going to make it toward six months before I can go back or a year or something like that. So I'm trying to be careful. Yeah. But at the same time, there's, I mean, yeah, when I'm around these horses, I'm a lot more timid than I used to be, but that's only because I can't move as fast. Yeah. It's not that I'm more worried it's going to do something than I was before. I've, I've always been worried it's going to do something. You know, yeah. when, I'm, when I'm handling like my own colts that are still here, like I go out and catch my stud colt, pull him into the round pen, chase him around and stuff. And he was never steady until I got hurt and I laid him off for four weeks and Whoa, all of a sudden, imagine that, a two-year-old horse that's been cooped up in a freaking eight-by-eight pen. Yeah. Huh, it was bigger than that. It's more like a 20-by-20. 20 20, but, you know, yeah. imagine him. Oh, God, I can't believe he's wound up. Bullshit, of course he's going to be wound up. <laughs> yeah. So, that son of a bitch, and I'm leading him to the freaking round pen, and he's halfway behind me striking a foot a little bit. Not striking at me, just kind of striking at the ground and waiting. Yeah. He's snorting and shit. And, just doing stud <laughs> shit, yeah. Yeah, am I a little more worried about getting hurt? Yes, but it's only because I can't move as fast. It's not that I'm yeah. any more going to do something or the pain or anything like that. It's just if he does something, I can't move as quick. I've got freaking, I mean, I used to be a tripod. Now I'm a quad. I got the pain. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> twice, twice in one interview. <laughs> I like it. I like it, man. You're, uh, that, that's a, that was, that was good uh <laughs> yeah it's uh it sucks when, when you get laid up like yeah if if you're used to being out and about it just like even you know like i i like being my days off i'm i'm lazy as fuck i try to be you know or i try to be as lazy as my wife will let me um but yeah like much more in a day or two of that and then you're like i gotta go do something you know like i gotta oh. go do something Oh, dude, and I, I used to always joke about the farmers and shit like that, and which, which granted, obviously, I have a high respect for them. But, yeah. But, you know, it's always been a joke about all the damn sod busters against the cow. Mm-hmm. I've been running a damn grain cart harvesting corn for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Because it's something uh, to do. Yeah. It's something to do. You know, it's, I feel productive. I feel like I've gone out and done a little bit of good in this world because man with my mentality i mean you put it perfect calling like calling horse trainers high strung i am yeah. the 
epitome of high strung. I sit around for more than about four hours, even on a day off, I go nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh there there's something to it, but like yeah, when when you're just uh you, well you have like you have adrenaline rush like constantly. Like that's uh oh. but also you're you're also like kind of paranoid too, because uh you're oh, yeah. you're like I I don't know for, for whatever reason, uh animals aren't real predictable. <laughs> you know, they can yeah. be, but also like uh when shit go when shit goes haywire that first time, because the first time you don't know exactly what they're gonna do. Like, well, they they may just they may have be a real easy bucker, and they may just go fucking nuts, you know. Yep. And uh, I, I'm pretty much the best way to put personality is I'm a schizophrenic, an addiction to a drink. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm, it's boy, the shit, but I I still like that feeling, you know. And, mm so much if i like it as much as i like the result i get after i deal with it but yeah you know but it's still just that it's that getting a product you know mm. no I, really, I i i really enjoy uh working with like particularly like a green bro course i i i don't i i enjoy starting them from the ground up but i that's not not my specialty i i like I like something that's got maybe 30, 60 rides on it and bring it into the feedlot and, and working on them from there. Like I, I, I really enjoy, uh, you know, and cause it gets you like it, uh, it gets a little, you, you get a lot more work done. I mean, like you, you, uh, you get a lot more of a workout. Your, your forearms will be screaming at the end of the day. You're, uh, like that, that muscle that just runs right along the inside of your, of your your lower leg is going to be screaming at the end of the day and um and you're going to be sore but it's uh it's fun and and then you like you can see when they make progress particularly like from you they start them and they won't open a gate at all and then by the end of the day they'll at least open it as if you're pulling it to them or or you know or vice versa and uh and it just i don't know just watching progress but also it's a fucking workout Oh yeah, hundred percent. Well, and that's the thing is that's when you go from breaking horses to training horses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's I would much prefer train horses than break horses, and that's kind of where I've aimed my program over the last several years. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to a crippled up guy right now that <laughs> was breaking a horse and got all screwed up. But, but you know, I I was talking to a a cowboy up the road that uh, he says, "Go, I really got to hand it to you, horse trainers that." you know, you guys can make these horses do stuff without actually having a job ahead of them. And I said, yeah, but in a perfect world, I said, your horse trainers would also be working cowboys. But, but how does a working cowboy get through 13 head a day? You can't, you, you you can't, there's just no possible way. No, you, uh, unless, unless you're, you're in the bronc pen. Um, no, but if, if you're, yeah, if you're riding a circle, you're, you got the one, if you're if you're Brandon, maybe you brought two. I don't know, but uh, that's the most I've ever gone through, Brandon. Yeah, it, it, maybe three if I gathered on one, and then started roping on one and finished roping on another. Like maybe. Yeah, I, I've never, I've never gone through through more than two. But then again, I've I've there's I'm sure there's guys that have and uh, but yeah, it's uh, 
yeah unless your your job is to get through through horses or man you know as many horses a day you can then like it's a very specific deal but well that guy like, that guy's also he, not making the circle uh when when he's breaking colts either yeah that's the thing is even that even the bronc pen they're not actually cowboying i mean that's mm-hmm. the thing, that they're bronc stomping mm-hmm. but but that's so much different i mean that that's the thing is if ideally you could bring together cowboy and with horsemanship mm-hmm. that's how if i could do it one way that's how i would do it is that if it yeah. was well if it was profitable enough to just have a couple of horses but still pay as much as 13 head or 12 head yep that and cowboy at the same time that'd be the way to do it but yeah. there's just I mean, that's why they invented flags, and that's why, you know, so many guys try to keep old cows around for lead steers, and mm-hmm. that's why donkey around to, you know, heel on and stuff like that, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's all part of the, of the deal, but it's a completely different profession than, than just, you know, 100%. strictly cowboy, you know, it's, it's oh, a yeah. different, definitely a different, different deal, and I bet it's all, I mean, it's all, at the end of the day, you're, is working towards the same goal and um oh it is 100 but i mean you can't go cut cattle on a 30-day horse no no you you the cushion you got to give cattle on on a 30-day horse is uh you know big <laughs> big yeah. you're you're standing in the back holding herd with 15 other guys that's what you're doing <laughs> yeah yeah and you know it's like the the before they're before their neck rain and and uh in the feedlot like man I, i'm giving them about half the pin away from them if i can you know like i it's it's like you run up there and bump them forward and then back back pedal and and like just give them give them enough cushion because you know like if they if they break away i'm gonna have to go chase them and am i gonna get them stopped yeah am i gonna get them stopped in the right spot probably not no no probably no. not <laughs> so Always give them one. a big cushion they know they can get through <laughs> yeah yeah so it's yeah it, it's uh it's it's almost like uh it's you feel like you're you're wearing a one of those sumo like inflatable sumo suits when when you're when you're trying to work cattle on a on a on a real green horse you know you just yeah. gotta give them <laughs> like i know what i gotta do but i'm i feel like i'm fat because i can't get there in time or <laughs> you know <laughs> yep. they've got ankle yeah exactly and uh yeah and then they might they also might pitch on the way over there too like (laughs) who knows yeah absolutely you ask it you ask a 30-day horse to go from a walk to a pretty good run all at one time i mean chances are it's probably going to try to file your ass or uh, say you know you you get them they're doing what you want them to and you're getting you know you're kind of trotting along the side them and then they stop nice but they step on a piss spot and slip and then all of a sudden when they get their feet back from under them, then the game's on again. And you're like, Oh fuck, we did so good. And he, he forgot all of that <laughs> because he slipped, you know, and you're just like, fuck. <laughs> well, and that's the problem is, you know, with the deal, you always want to end on a good note. How do you do mm-hmm. that? If you're cowboying? Yeah. It's not, it's not like you can go get one more cow. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's go get you a cow that don't need work. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Usually, uh, like for a cowboy, and you're you know, ending on the good note is when you're you're unsaddling at the barn. Like it doesn't matter what happened in between. It's just like when when the job is done, 
yep. then, then, then we're done. Uh, but yeah, the, the, yeah, those, those Colts. Yeah. I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. Like it, we did something really good. Like any, and I, 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 if I'm not too far from the barn, you know, and we're not like, you know, in a big hurry, like if my, my horse does something really, really just a little extra than what I thought they were going to be able to perform that day, you know, uh, we'll call that good. Let's head to the barn, you know, well, I'll go grab another horse and, and finish up, you know, that, cause that's, if I've got the luxury to do that, but most of the time, you don't doing far in between. When you're kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't, I don't do that very often because it's just like, it's, it's usually not, it's, it's not, you're not that the opportunity doesn't present itself because you got shit to do. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, on those, when, when you're just running through Colts, I'd like, that's, that's always like, all right, we did good. Let's call that good. Let's, or, or is that the point where like they did good enough and I'm starting to get mad. Let's not, let's not pick a fight. Let's, let's not, let's not escalate this. 100%. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. You've always got to find that good note to end on. That's why when I go cowboy and for other operations, I mean, if we're trailing cows, I'll take any dink, mm-hmm. but if we're doing pen work or we're branding or we've got some things to doctor, I either take my own because I know yeah. I can, I know I can fix them later yeah. or, or I take something I really can rely on if it's a client horse, something I know that's like, I'm going to be able to get this. I mean, but I got to have a lot of confidence because if I take a client horse out there and it turns out to be a freaking joke, mm-hmm. it takes next week just to get back to where I was. And all of a sudden, I'm not making as good of a product as I was, you know, or yep. I could. Yep. Yeah, you you kind of you kind of have to baby those client horses unless that's you know, unless you you're kind of giving free rein on them, you know. But that all that doesn't happen very often either. Oh yeah. Well, and even when you're giving free rein on them, you still look for that. You know, you still try to go for that ultimate goal of being you know as quiet and good as they can be when you send them home. Because yep, when you're training for the public you treat them all like they're a bunch of idiots yep yeah you have to i mean oh even though they're not you know there's a lot yeah. of candy that i died for but well and i don't know i think the public needs to realize that too that you're gonna be you're it, like it's a necessity you have to treat them like an idiot until they prove otherwise 100%. Uh, because it's just you have to i mean that's just how it how it is otherwise otherwise you get end up in a bad bad situation and so you, you just have to until they're until they're proven otherwise, I I assume you don't know shit about horses when I when I take one of them in. I I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's the best way to go about it, and and you don't have to be a dick about it. You just assume like they don't know shit. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, and that just all that does is it makes the people who don't know anything happy, and it makes yep. the people Andy that much happier. Yep. I think so too. Yeah, because they're they're like, no, no, no. This is this is what this is what we got going on. And this is why you're riding it. And I, you know, I typically I'd put I put a, you know, I put these rides on it myself. But I'm busy this year or whatever. And yeah, so it it just it puts everything out out in the the open and the people that you know. And when they, when they know that you're you're treating them like an idiot, then you, then they know exactly like, oh, I got you. But you know, this is this is what's up and. And then the people that, that are idiots, they're like, oh, I never knew that. Thank you. <laughs> yep, exactly. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's the best, the best policy you can have if you're, if you're riding somebody else's horse is just assume until proven otherwise that they don't know shit. Yep. Yep. That's my policy. And that's the policy I'm going to keep using. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And then yeah, there, there'll be people that get butt hurt, but in, in the long run, it's better off because the, the, the butt hurt ones don't come back and well, if they get butt hurt over that, then without explaining themselves or, or, or clarifying the situation, then well, they probably weren't going to be a good uh, customer anyways. So yeah, exactly. Well, a guy's got to be choosy about his customers. I think you really do there. I mean, there's a point where like, if you're trying to trying to cut your teeth and, and, and get a client base, like, like I was saying before, you know, like there was a, there was a time where I was willing to take in just about anything. Cause you know, like you said, when, the first, like the first sign of recognition, is when they acknowledge that you're a good dummy. They're like, they're, uh, oh, he'll get on anything. Oh yeah. Like that's that's the first step, and then you want to, you always want to progress from there. You don't always want to be the guy that, <clears throat> oh, he'll get in on, uh, he'll get on anything. <clears throat> like that's that that makes for a short life. <laughs> oh man, that's where I'm I'm at right now is I'm like not now, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there was a there was a ways I, 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 back. Still crippled as shit. See, know? and I've never been real injured. And like I said, I when while you're laid up, you uh, you should seriously consider doing yoga. Like that, that's sh- as 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 gay as it sounds. That shit really works. Like, it, and it's essentially it's just stretching. <laughs> like, I don't know why they got to give it such a gay name. It's just <laughs> you know, like I don't know why they got to go all weird about it. You know, like and. And have they, you know, like, like there's always a guru involved with yoga. But if you could say it's like, hey, it's just really hard stretching. Like, I think it'd be more palatable to your average man, <laughs> you know, but it actually does re- really help. Instead, it sounds like a bunch of essential oils are required. And yeah, no, it's incense burning in the room and <laughs> see like i i still have never understood like the yoga mat like my my wife has one it's a pink one that, and when when i when i do do the yoga like i i'll i'll roll it out there but i don't i like every now and then i i'll roll it out there and like i don't know exactly what the purpose of this is i guess like because you don't want to lay on the ground but like i cowboy for a living i'm used to <laughs> you know, the, the goal is not to be on the ground. Any <laughs> any good cowboy will tell you, like the the only time you're you're supposed to be on the ground is when you're tying down a, a cow or something, you know, or um or when you're when you're the goal is not to be on the ground if you're you're a cowboy. But either way, I'm not afraid of like getting in the dirt. So like I I'll stretch in the dirt. I don't I don't really care. I guess but I don't I don't I guess I don't know why like why why do you go why do you unroll this this mat at a at a clean like gym like the 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 floors are professionally cleaned and then you're you're rolling out a mat over the top of that that's not any softer really than the floor or or a carpet that's been vacuumed like i I just i don't know i don't understand the whole like there's a lot of shit about yoga that doesn't make any sense except but the actual physical stretching of the yoga is is very beneficial well, maybe I can get my parachim fine then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get your chakras uh, all straight. <laughs> um, yeah, like they, they, they've just like 
really gayified a, a very essential thing, which is stretching. Like stretching is very essential to if you if you want to like not be crippled. Like it it's re- very essential. But they just like turned something very simple and made it super gay, and not <laughs> not like a homosexual gay, but just like gay. You know, just like weird. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to try her. I'll let yeah, you know, I, let you know when I tear a bunch of stitches. There you go. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 stretch anything that shouldn't be stretched yet. But once like once you're uh, once you got the clear, like it'll uh, just you know I don't know like ten minutes in the morning will will go a long ways. Yeah, it probably wouldn't hurt. That's for dad, I'm sure. No, it, it definitely it, it'll suck for the first first little bit, but then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can. Uh, touch, uh, you know, touch my feet without, you know, bending my knees. Like oh, that's kind of handy. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. So anyway, it it does help. I, uh, I'll admit, there's there's a lot of a lot of weird shit that that uh, comes along with yoga. So you got to find just some some something normal. Whether I don't know. Like there, there was a guy that I watched, and then eventually I was like, "This is also kind of gay" because I'm watching another guy stretch. So then, but then like, if if my wife walks in while I'm doing yoga and I'm watching a bunch of like you know some like Instagram hoe, um, like that's not good either. So like, do I got to find like some Broomhilda type chick that? But like, you know, they're not doing yoga, so like, I don't, I don't know. You just got you got to do it in secret till you find the, the, the stuff that helps out. And then, then you just do it by memory then unless you're a single guy and then you can just do You just watch Instagram hoes do it. <laughs> oh, I think my wife would flip if I was doing that. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, you don't, you don't want trouble in Mormonhood. No trouble in Mormonhood. No, I, I don't know which one of my wives would get upset, but one of them. <laughs> oh shit, that's a good uh, good note to end it on, Benji. That that that's a good note to end it on. <laughs> this was fun, man. I appreciate it. No, thank you. Appreciate it, Matt. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, this this is a fun time. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm glad you come on. I. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll do it again. We'll get you on a on a on a group bull session one of these days too. That'll that'll be fun, and we'll uh, yeah, but, we'll get a we'll get a couple a uh, couple other horse trainers on and uh, tell war stories. I bet Tyler Flake's got some some good shit he can talk about too. So like we'll we'll get we'll get a couple of those guys on. But um, man, I appreciate it. They never What's, end. Do they? No, no, they don't. That's. That's that's one of the cool things is uh, you talk to one guy and then uh, and you're like oh you gotta you gotta talk to this guy and then so like I've it, it's it's hard getting people locked down uh, sometimes but uh, th- there's never even even when I have a dry run of or I just do a lot of solo episodes there's never a shortage of people to talk to it's just getting it all getting it all lined out there's always there's always people to talk to and then like I said every time I. I talked to to somebody new. They that 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 leads me somewhere else, and you know, I, I'll I'll catch a couple of connections from there. And you know, so there's always people to talk to. One yeah, of these yeah. days, we'll I'll get them all talked to. Hopefully, well, good. Look forward to it. Yes, sir. Well, hey man, I appreciate it. You have a good evening. All right. Yep, you do the same. Thank you, sir. You bet. Take care. See ya.